from Parts Unknown. This is the TK and J Show. Now, here are your hosts, TK and J. And the humble pie has been served to both Jay and I after watching the Browns this weekend. Welcome. How's everybody doing out there? Jay, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm still I'm still excited about the Browns. I'm still jacked about them. Oh, I mean, absolutely. There's no way I can't be jacked about the Browns. Um, you know, uh, the week was good and everything like that. Everything's going well for, for us right now, especially the Browns. I still don't, you know, great team on a hot streak. What can you do? We ran into a bus off. You know? Yeah, they won nine in a row. First team in NFL history, speaking of the Texans, to start 0-3 and then win their next nine games. It just seems like every game they win, they're the first team in NFL history to do that after starting 0-3. Um, they executed. They made big plays on third and long. The Browns gave up big plays on third and long, which has been their Achilles heel all year long. Three interceptions in the first half, one for a pick six. Never really got anything going. 23-0 at the half. Pretty much tells you all you need to know about yesterday. Yeah, and it was it was tough to watch. You know, I actually caught it on DVR, so I was uh, Twitter list for the game. You know, not seeing any reactions, but uh, and I'm glad because I got to make my own opinion about the game. It still looks like we're a good team. It's just that we're raw, we're young, and and the Texans are on the roll. So, in my opinion, don't let this be the sink us back into the, the sunken place. Because the Browns had a bad game, right. you know, uh, Baker Mayfield made some ill-advised decisions. I think one of those sh- shouldn't have even been picked off. One of those were one of those ridiculous linebacker plays that you see on NCAA uh, football back the in the day. The one that got a pick six, he uh, one-handed interception in the air and took it to the house. You know, one-handed linebacker plays from you know NCAA where you know you just have to watch the screen turn around and you're pissed off and you want to turn the game off because why is this linebacker as athletic as Michael Jordan? That's what the type of play they made on Baker, one of the plays yesterday. So, you know, I'm not I'm not upset about the, the performance yesterday. I'm a little disappointed, but hopefully it doesn't derail the momentum that we have going right I, now. I don't think it does because I still, you know, I, I'll admit I was in and out yesterday. In Ohio, we got a 60-degree day. So I had leaves in the backyard for the fourth time, and I still have no bloody trees in my backyard, but I had all the leaves from everybody else. So I wanted to get the Christmas lights hung up as a surprise to my wife, which I got that accomplished, and I wanted to get the leaves up. And it was 20 to nothing before, you know, anybody could even, you know, say boo-hoo. So I'm like, 60-degree day, it's going to snow tomorrow, and it's snowing right now as we record this. So I was in and out all day while watching the game. But I will give uh, the Browns and Mayfield credit. Mayfield threw for 350 yards in the second half and really tried to will that team back into the game. Uh, if you take that pick six out of the equation and then Antonio Callaway doesn't get stripped at the two-yard line, which is inexcusable, um, the outcome of that game could have been slightly different yesterday. Um, but, you know, if my aunt had nuts, she'd be my uncle. So Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's, what, that's why I tell you, don't, don't fans out there, don't fret because Baker shows that he's still good. He just made some rookie decisions, and he's entitled to that right. because he's a rookie. So – Let's not, let's not, you know, some of the things I did see after the fact were some people like, oh my gosh, same old Browns, are we back? Things like that. You know, it was it was fun while it lasted. And, and don't be like that. No. Let's not be like that because it is still not the same team. They still show, you know, promise, things like that. Now, the only thing that worried me yesterday was what I saw was no turnovers. Defense wasn't playing up to their normal par. Um, so that worried me a little bit. But again, let's, let's, it's not a trend. It's just one game. So right. let's not worry. And the defense, you know, could they get off the field on third down? No. Have they gotten off the field on third down all season? 
No. But uh, they held that very high-powered Texans offense to one touchdown of five field goals. So it was the definite, ultimate definition of the bend-don't-break kind of defense. It's just when you spot somebody 23 points and they're on a, an eight-game winning streak, it's, it's tough to win. You can't overcome that, especially a team this young. Right, and you also have to, you know, slow down the run. You know, Lamar Miller, who's who's been good, he's been decent, but we allowed him to get, you know, get a hundred yards on us and everything like that. That's that's a lot, you know. Well, and, Alfred Blue had fifty yards rushing yesterday too. Yeah, you can't you can't allow that. And then you know, even Deshaun Watson had some some decent Seven yards for as thirty. A, yeah, you know, so we we can't allow that to happen. And I think that our our strong suit has been the man coverage and making sure that there's no openings to do that. You know, the defensive line and our linebackers got to get better at stopping the run. And and what, because the way our defense is, is we turn our back. As soon as we take off, we're turning our back to the quarterback and the run. So, you know, the the offensive line, I mean, the defensive line and the linebackers have to be better at stopping the run so that we could slow them down. And that's was the problem is, is the Texans, to me, when I was watching it, looked like a well-oiled machine. They couldn't miss on a play. You know, there was very few tackles for losses in that game. So we got to do better with that. They do have to do better with that. And you held, you held Deshaun Watson, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson under 250 passing. You held DeAndre Hopkins under 100 receiving and no touchdowns. Um, yeah, so your running game was definitely your Achilles heel. Um, but I was encouraged by the performance, especially um, the second half performance. And I say that because Browns teams of years past, especially with the old jackass coach, um, they would have rolled over and died and lost 50 to nothing yesterday, and that would have been the end of that. We would have been pissed off. It would have been, you know, going into the fourth quarter playing who knows who at quarterback, who knows who at wide receiver. But, you know, they stuck it in there, and I really saw the leadership of Baker Mayfield come into play yesterday as well because after Callaway makes that, that huge fumble that would have gotten the Browns right back into the game, guy ran 50 yards downfield, tapped him on the helmet, told him that they still needed him to win this game, and even on the sideline went over and had a chat with him just to let him know that he wasn't going to go away from him. And so that showed me that Baker Mayfield is leaps and bounds above where he should be uh, at this time, especially in his career, and he's definitely not only the face of the franchise but the leader of the locker room. And, and, and to, to piggyback on that, I'm looking at the, the stats, which I, which I did realize, you know, we only allowed one offensive touchdown. Yesterday, so that's huge. I mean, as bad as the score looked, we only allowed one offensive touchdown. If we could have just stopped some of those errors and gotten off the field on third down, this game is a different story. We we beat them. You know, I, I really, in my heart of hearts, believe that with the the errors that you talk about, Callaway's fumble and the three picks, if we could just take those back, we're in this game, if not winning it. Right. So you know, for me, it's still. The same track that we've been on all year, we're just missing that those few tweaks that are going to make us a great football team from just a good football team, right? Right. Now. I mean, because you take it, you know, I'll give the with the way Fairbairn was hitting field goals yesterday, you turn the ball over on on the plus on the on the bad side of the field, he's going to kick a field goal there. Uh, <clears throat> so you take that pick six away, you make it three. Callaway goes in the end zone. That's a twenty-five twenty-one game. That's a four-point swing. The end of the game. Things kind of tighten up. Make play come. You make a play here or there on your side of things. Maybe you get out of there with a victory after playing so poorly in the first half. However, um, like we said, we're only a, a play or two away here or there uh, from having being seven and four and in first place in this division. Uh, so definitely uh, motivators for this team, not only to get better, um, but there's still a lot of winnable football games ahead for this team. You've got a Carolina team coming in this weekend who are reeling. They've lost five in a row, six and six. 
everybody uh, seems to be on the way out there, including Ron Rivera. Uh, Cam Newton throws four interceptions yesterday, and they fired two defensive assistants. And Cam Newton didn't even, you know, know which interception they were talking about when the press conference asked him. I don't even think know. Cam Newton where he was in that press conference uh, yesterday. Did you see what that guy was wearing? I was we just saw, about to say yeah, that. We I was, lunch today did you saw see that. what that man was wearing? Oh, he, my gosh. God, he looked like Bullwinkle up there. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't even understand where – these players are coming up with their fashion trends. And this is not me being get old, get off my lawn. This is me actually saying, who the heck dresses you? Like you have a you have a stylist, they should be fired if this is your stylist's style. Like my my mom would literally show up to the press conference and spank my booty <laughs> wearing <laughs> stuff like that in right. front of everybody. Just boy, what do you wear? Like right. what is that? You know, I, I it's fine if you guys think it's cool what you're doing and it's fine, do your thing, but that stuff is hideous to me, you know? Right. But, yeah, Cam Newton's he's struggling, man. It, you, you know, I sit back and they are just a Jekyll and Hyde team. One minute they are some of the most fabulous football players to ever play the game, and then the next they're just like, who is this team, you know? Who is Cam Newton, you know? You, you want to say that he's a franchise NFL quarterback, and then other minutes it's like you shouldn't even be on the field, man. Right. It's crazy to think that. Um, you know, we'll get back to the Panthers in, in a few minutes. Um, but it's funny what he definitely was wearing yesterday. But the Browns still have a couple of milestones ahead of them that I'd like to see them, you know, check off the list. Um, you know, they've broken all the streaks that we've talked about in previous shows. However, if they can manage to get to go two and two over the next uh, next few games, more than likely that's going to knock Cincinnati out of the base or in the last place. So that'll be the first time in seven years that you haven't finished in last. That's a huge improvement from last year. And you're not a double-digit loss team, which after last year makes this team, that is light years better than where we, where we were and where we've been. Even if you go 3-1, and one, you finish 7-8-1. and one. If you're going 0-16 to go 7-8-1, and one, holy smokes, this team is definitely headed in the right direction. So there's still, even though we're probably not going to, we're not going to the playoffs, there's still a lot of meaningful football to be played. Because I'm, I'm one of the belief where if you are a team that's trending in the right direction and you have a strong finish to your season, it just shows you what you're capable of, makes you that much hungry for next year. Our core is coming back. A lot of these guys are going to be here. This team could be scary next year if they can finish this season off on the right note. They also got to get the right coach in there. Um, Mike McCarthy, surprise, surprise, was fired from Green Bay. I'm not sold on Mike McCarthy yet. Um, I don't want him here. If you can't get along with Aaron Rodgers... As opinionated as Baker Mayfield is, no, I'm sorry. So my give thought, me Lincoln Riley or give me death. My thought, my thought with Mike McCarthy is, <laughs> is that he's a Super Bowl winning coach. My thought also is that Aaron Rodgers isn't hasn't looked the same since his injury. So it's not all Mike McCarthy's fault. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the type of player that he wants to do it his way. He, for me. What I've known and seen about Aaron Rodgers is he's very particular about what happens to him and how he's going to do things, almost to the point where he tries to be what Tom Brady is, except for he's not Tom Brady. Now, is he better athletically than Tom Brady? We can argue that all day. But at the end of the day, he's not Tom Brady. And even Tom Brady in his his talent knows that he's Bill Belichick's quarterback, and he listens to what supposed to be done by the team. He does what he needs to do as a good soldier. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is a good soldier. I think he's going to do whatever Aaron Rodgers wants to do, however he wants to do it. So I don't know. But for Baker and Mike McCarthy, I don't know if it's a bad marriage. I'm not sure I'm sold on wanting him here. But if we can't find somebody else, a Super Bowl winning quarter, uh, Super Bowl winning coach is someone I would rather go to as a last resort. 
You know, this might be an unpopular opinion because this is somebody that they probably should have hired 12, 13 years ago. But, you know, he did the game this weekend on CBS. But I have always had a tremendous amount of respect for Bruce Arians. Uh, Bruce Arians has gone on record saying he'll keep offensive coordinator Freddie Kitchens and defensive coordinator Greg Williams. That alone sells me on him being the head coach for one reason, continuity. One thing that this team has not had and in in, in any of the time they've been back is continuity. So if you've got a guy from the outside looking in saying, I'm going to keep Greg Williams running that defense, his ways are they're getting better. Freddie Kitchens has shown that he can do things that make Baker Mayfield successful. Bruce Arians is a proven head coach who an injury or two or a player or two away from taking the Cardinals to a couple of Super Bowls in the past. Uh, proven leader, especially when Chuck Pagano had cancer, took a Colts team to the playoffs mm-hmm. when, when mm-hmm. Chuck Pagano was sick. This is the last part of his career. He's 65 years old. The next five years are critical for this football team, especially in the development of Baker Mayfield. If you can keep Mayfield with the same continuity, that's only going to make him better. Because if you bring in another offensive coordinator, another offensive scheme, it's almost like you're hitting the reset button with Mayfield. I don't want to stump his growth. I want to enhance it. I agree. Um, The only thing is that Baker Mayfield has shown that he can already adapt to a new OC quickly. The guy's the guy's a um, you know a student of the game, so I'm not really worried about Baker Mayfield not being able to do it all for his coordinator. What I worry about is what you kind of alluded to is what's happened to Marcus Mariota. He kind of is a taller, faster Baker Mayfield in a sense, but because he's had four or five offensive coordinators in his career, it's it's tough for him to manage the game that he's been trying to manage because every year he's getting new used to a new playbook, new wide receivers, and new time timing and everything. So. You know, I kind of I'm on the fence with what you said because I feel like Baker Mayfield, the player, is good enough to to have another OC. But I would like to see the continuity, like you said, to basically make sure that Baker Mayfield doesn't have to relearn things and this stuff will become second nature to him. And it's not only Baker Mayfield; it's the entire offense. I like what this offense does when they're clicking on all cylinders. Yesterday they had some self-inflicted wounds that killed them, but I think the second half team is a more accurate reflection, even though they're playing from behind, of what this team can be. Obviously, keeping Nick Chubb, Chubb in, involved, getting Duke Johnson more touches, uh, but the continuity factor is huge for me. And if you've got somebody out there saying, "Hey, I'm going to keep this in place because I like what I'm seeing for the development." You have to give that guy an opportunity, um, especially if Oklahoma can pull off the upset of all upsets and end up winning this whole thing. Lincoln Riley's not going anywhere. No, no, no way. No. And I don't even think he's going anywhere now. I don't think he was going anywhere. That's just my Christmas list, you know, that, that PlayStation 15 that I was never going to get. But, you know, uh, we're going to get some facet of that. we got to find some facet of a offensive-minded coach that basically runs a Big 12 football because uh, that's exactly why – the Kansas City Chiefs and the Rams are where they are because they play Big 12 football. And that's the style of quarterbacks that we have now. That's the crop of quarterbacks that we have now is Big 12 football quarterbacks. We need to play their style because they will blow everybody out of the gym with their style. Mahomes is doing it. Golf is doing it. And I know Baker has the talent to do it because he did it yesterday right. he, on, with the with the pro style offense. If you open this offense up, man, Jarvis Landry and and Callaway will have easily fifty to hundred yards a game easily if we open this up. So we got to find an offensive minded Big Twelve coach. But I don't think there's one out there that's no. good enough no. right now. So that's why I say at the end of the day, why not default to a guy that has a Super Bowl winning champion 
you know, Super Bowl. He's, he's got a Super Bowl pedigree, even though he's never been there. Um, especially where this team is now, I think, with Greg Williams' discipline and the way Bruce Arians would run things. Uh, you know, is Bruce Arians a guy that's going to be here 10 years from now? No, but he's going to get you ready to take those steps where if you're not knocking on a deep playoff run when his 10 years up, He's got three to five years. He's 65 years old. But he's the guy that can lay the foundation for the next young guy to come on, come in and take this team where it ultimately needs to go. And who knows? Maybe a ball or two bounces your way and you get there sooner with Bruce Arians. I'd love to see a coach like that win a world championship. He deserves it for everything that he's given to the game. Um, but, you know, time will tell. Uh, I'd like to move on and talk about uh, this weekend's game. Keeping the segment short tonight, guys. Both had a long day at work. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I just want to go home. <laughs> I, want, I want to get out of here. Um, let's talk about Heckle and Jekyll, the Panthers. Started the season 6-2, six and two, now they're 6-6. Six and six. Haven't won a game in the second half of the year. That hot seat's getting pretty hot up there on Ron Rivera up there in Carolina, and now you're kind of starting to wonder, is, is Camp Newton the leader that we thought he was? You know, I, I think the seat is, is, is burnt up. I think uh, Rivera's gone after this season. I, it's one of those moments where has the voice – in the locker room diminished is he not touching the same way is he not connecting the same way that he was connected before i think he's gone after this season kind of like mccarthy the voice is just not reaching the players like it once was right and that's another guy that i could think would do some special things here in cleveland as well uh, i want somebody proven because we too often hire assistants we've got two coaches who have been proven that are about to get fired because their message isn't reaching anymore and these Maybe. are proven coaches, not retreads who were garbage exactly. before. These are proven head coaches that have had success. Exactly. So, for me, it, it, you know, why not give them a chance? I understand we want that offensive-minded coach. If we can't get them, these two are the guys that I would say, and Bruce Arians too, these three guys are the crop that I would pick in an interview to come to our team and, and then have Baker Mayfield sitting in there saying, okay, you know what, that's my coach. That's what I would do with these guys. Rivera, it, it's, it's not that that the the Panthers are bad. I just think that they really there's just they've been together too long. And the message is old and I don't think they're really gelling like they used to. I think the the Super Bowl loss where it was just that close really wore on that whole entire team and they just don't know how to get back. They just don't know how to get, you know, back to that form. So I think that this Heckle and Jekyll team is ripe for the picking when the Browns come in. I mean, when they come into town to play against the Browns, it'll be just like the Falcons when they come in. That's what I really feel that we can take this one because Carolina's not that great anymore. They're not playing great football, you know. Uh, and 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 Cam, as much as he's he's still getting his yardage, he's still struggling reading defenses. So I think we're we're going to be good because we we play against the pass very well. And he's not really running as much as he used to. All that's all, you know, a lot of the running game and even the passing game. If you find a way to shut down Christian McCaffrey, yep. you take away everything they do because he sets up their entire offense. Mm-hmm. His running sets up their passing. Not only can he run the ball, ten carries, one hundred and six yards, ten yards a pop. That's crazy in this today's NFL. Nine more catches for fifty-five yards. So the guy had nineteen touches, accounting for one hundred and sixty-one yards of their of offense yesterday. And one touchdown. He is a fantasy uh, running back dream. I didn't have him on DraftKings yesterday, and I'm kicking myself for it. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey is a guy you got to go to in DraftKings pretty much every week. Every week. Uh, the week before, he he just had a monster week. You, I think you had him 
I did. S- and you made quite a bit of money on him. So Not as much as I made this week. So for me, <laughs> I'm like, why would you not go back to him? Why would you not right. keep riding that pony until until you have to put him down? For me, that's my key to the game as well, is you got to shut down uh, Christian McCaffrey. Right. I'm looking at the receivers right now, and the receivers are a dime a dozen right now. You know, Curtis Samuel had a good game, but that's not normal. He's yeah. their number one receiver right now because Funchess is playing hurt. Olsen's out for the year with his foot again. Uh, he didn't play last week. I don't see him playing again this week. Um, but, yeah, Samuel's kind of been carrying the load with McCaffrey. So, it basically, it's, it's this easy for the Browns this weekend. You shut down Christian McCaffrey, you win. It, it's that simple. They don't have a Hopkins they have to defend. They don't have uh, Lamar Miller. They don't have Alfred Blue who can break open a big gain. Also, uh, Demarius Thomas is on. Is you know they had to account for Demarius Thomas yesterday. Mm-hmm. They don't have the weapon. So if the Browns' defense where it is now, and Panthers are definitely beatable because you know Tampa Bay has some playmakers, but they're not world beaters. You know. Jameis Winston, two picks, no intercept. Or sorry, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Godwin had a hundred yards receiving. Mike Evans only had forty-eight yards receiving yesterday. So this Carolina defense is very, very susceptible, especially all the good things that the Browns do. They can uh, the Browns can run the ball, and the Browns can throw the ball. So you stop Christian McCaffrey, you're winning by two scores. I guarantee it. We also have to just think about another key is stopping Dar- Don Terry Poe. Um, he's he's a pretty good pass rusher. And we also have to keep, you know, uh, almost said Jarrell Peppers, but it's Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers, the ageless wonder. We got to keep him them at bay. If you do that, which it's not, it shouldn't be too much of a problem to do that. You keep Baker upright, we're, we're going to win this game. That's pretty much the key to every game, but especially this game with those pass rushers. You know, we, we kept, that was part of the problem that happened yesterday in, in the game. You know, you got J.J. Watt and Javian Clowney and the rest of the crew in Baker's face, so he had to throw the ball sooner than he wanted to. So the pass he got broke up. he still didn't get sacked. Three straight games without a sack. Who right. goes to that Browns offensive line? But they've shown that if you if you disrupt Baker Mayfield, he's going to attempt to make the pass sooner than he wants to. Right. And the kid loves to try to fit things in tighter spots than he should, which he's been making them, so I'm not mad at him. Right. But he's shown that if you, if you get in his face, he's going to let the ball go a little bit sooner than he wants to and cause a turnover. If we just keep him at bay and give that two – 2.45 seconds of time that he needs to get the ball into the spot, we should be good to go. And that's my that's my thought is, you know, as long as we keep Baker uh, free and clear of people in his face, I think we'll be good to go. Agreed. I think the Browns are going to uh, – the three of their last four games, because the Bengals are done, the Bengals are injury-ridden, they're two games under 500. But your last four games are Carolina at the Broncos, which got flexed to a night game on Saturday night, 12-15. And then your last game of the season against the Ravens. You've got three teams fighting for playoff spots out of your last four. If you're not going to get in, you can take every one of those teams down with you. And that is an incentive for a young team to play. If we can't get in, we're going to take you down with us. Browns win this game 27-17. Yeah, I I believe that the Browns are going to win this big. I I think we get the same score that we got in Atlanta. And I think we're going to get 28-16. I'm pumped, man. Uh, maybe uh, we'll have to go check out that game this week. I'll have to check out on, on some tickets because I want to get down there and see him. And Cam Newton's a player I wouldn't mind seeing in person. And even though we're not going to the playoffs, if you guys want to get down to a game, tickets on the secondary markets are going to be affordable. Uh, get out there, see this team, because when they get really good, like I think they're going to be next year, it's going to be nearly impossible to get a seat, and you're going to pay good money to get in there. Yeah, don't, So go don't now them, while you can. Don't let them turn into the Cavaliers because that – a lot of people didn't get to see Caval- the Cavaliers for quite a while, me being one of them. 
when LeBron James was in town because the tickets were just astronomical. And this team is is on that track. We look like what the Cavs did when LeBron showed up. We Right now, we are just missing a few pieces, and we're missing that Baker's veterans prowess. I'm telling you, next year, Baker's going to take us to new heights, and the veterans are going to take us to new heights next year. So don't miss your chance to get down there. Um, you know, this week, this Sunday was, was a pretty nice Nice day. I wish they had a game there at home then. Oh, I would have definitely been there. If it wouldn't have rained all day Saturday like it did, I can guarantee you I wouldn't have put up Christmas lights or rake leaves. You know where I would have been yesterday? Golf course. Yeah. But it's just too soggy outside. Yeah. No thanks. No thanks. If I can't take the golf course on, on the fairway to find my shot in the rough, I'm not interested in walking all over the place. Anyways, uh, Browns win this coming weekend against the Panthers. Get out there and see them. We look forward to talking about that next week. Go ahead. So speaking of more humble pie, somebody, somebody. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say it. My co-host is trying to put me on blast. And here's a disclaimer. Ten years ago, before I met my wife, we're coming up on our 10th year of, of being together. You couldn't have gotten me to take off my Ohio State scarlet color glasses for anything. Ohio State could do no wrong. I couldn't look at anything objectively. Now, as I've gotten older and I've married into a family who's from Michigan, I have a lot of friends that are fans of Michigan or root for Michigan-based teams, I've been able to take off those scarlet-colored glasses and kind of see things for how they are. And I thought Ohio State, based off how they had been playing all season and the way Michigan had been playing, I thought that Michigan was going to spank the Buckeyes. I was happy to be wrong, and I did very minimal gloating. There were no text messages sent of the box score or any funny things I might have seen. I let it go because I said Ohio State was going to get blown out. They didn't. They blew up Michigan. I had no reason. I I should not have been gloating about it, which I did my best to really not gloat about it. However, somebody was on, on Facebook Messenger blasting me for it, saying that I shamelessly celebrate for days only burying, after burying my team, and I didn't deserve to be a part of the party. I didn't even watch the game. I barely watched the Big Ten Championship game because of things that had unfolded the day before, and quite honestly, once I start watching Marathons of House, nothing can get in the way of that. that, is, that I, is, was, I was so in-depth with House. I watched House... From 6 o'clock until midnight when I went to bed, almost straight. I just flipped back and forth in, in between. I didn't see Ohio State score one of their touchdowns because I was watching House. Let me let me tell you how this this started for you fandoms out there. Uh, Terry, out of the blue. <laughs> out of the blue? Out of, out of the blues messages me and says there's no way that OSU can get in. Now, and I you, knew this, and this is true. Mind you, I said in my head I'm, I'm in agreement with him. Mind you, that's fine. So, uh, so, so you admit you're in agreement with me. So I, this just so, makes whatever you're about to say horse poop. No, no, no. But no, continue. No, because I literally said to him, and everybody, one of every one of our friends know this. This guy is like this. I said that's your pessimistic, optimistic thing you do, where basically you prepare yourself for the worst and you're happy for the best. That's what you do. But you know? I, I know because I said when they lost by 29 points that they had to Iowa, but Purdue, they had no way of being man. able to get in. Nothing would get them in the playoff. And the committee proved that to us by keeping us at six in, in Georgia in front of us. And I man. knew there was no way they were getting in based off everything that had happened. That's fine. but you. you so the but, fact that I said it and stood by it and didn't backpedal from it, that, that should give me some credit. No, 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 no. Because that's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, still, yeah, yeah. that's still the pessimistic opposite. No, it's opposite. not. I had a take and I stuck to it. I didn't backpedal on it. I said... They got blamp-basted by 29. There ain't no way they're getting in the playoff. I said it the second after that game happened. 
There's no way they can get in no matter what happens. And, and so for me, what I do is because, you know, we've been here before. You know, when the first time I watched the Ohio State-Michigan game with, with Terry, we, we were up for the most of the game. We were up to the fourth quarter. Terry had thrown in the towel at that point by the time it got to the fourth quarter. And surprise, surprise, Wilton Spade in his terribleness, you know, decided to, to, to put Be Ohio Spade. State, you know, put Ohio State back in the game. All of a sudden, everybody was celebrating. That was the first time I knew. Time that, out, time out, ter- time out. We were in a house full of Michigan fans. There were three of us that, that were celebrating. Does that, does, that make, does that make it any better? Three of us were celebrating. Does that make it any better? And I was standing behind the guy who's six foot two, two sixty. And you had defense. <laughs> <laughs> I had him because I didn't want you all coming at me. So, so this was the, my first encounter with this. Now, do now in the thing, I think Terry feels you feel that I'm saying you're wrong about your a prediction. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying what you do is you. Prepare for the worst and hope for the best with your team. You don't stay even kilter where, like, with me, if anyone would have asked me about the Ohio State-Michigan game, I didn't say a word because I was like, you know what? I can't tell. It's a rivalry game, flip of a coin. Whatever happens, happens. Maybe that's because Urban Meyer has spoiled us a little bit with how well they've done under his coaching and his and his tenure. Yeah, here. and, you know, I can agree with that, but that's that's the that's the pessimistic thing that people, people do with their sports, and I see it because even on my side – I, I got Blake, you know, and at the at the the Turkey Bowl, I told Blake that, and I literally, and I quote my own self, I said that if you get on Twitter and you start blasting Ohio State, we'll beat your ass. I literally said that. He said I will drive to Michigan where your family Thanksgiving is and beat your ass. And I really felt like that because every time Michigan's on there, he's blasting them, and then we end up winning the game at the end of it, and we end up winning the game handily. And so it's like, chillax. Well, his new name is Ned. Negative Ned. His name is not Blake. It's Negative Ned. I just call him Ned. And and he and goes so, off on the Browns in our group chats. I'm like, okay, Ned. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure where this mentality comes from. It's like, let's watch the game. You can't be a prisoner of every single play. You can't be a prisoner of every single moment. And and I'm telling you this, uh, folks, is because for me, I realized this last year, and it, and it could be coincidence that Michigan has not been the greatest. It could be that Michigan is starting to be better, and I just want them to be great right now. But last year, I, you know, almost had a heart attack, and because Michigan lost to South Carolina, I said this is unhealthy. I can't be a prisoner of the moment anymore. I can't do it. So this is why I am what I am when it comes to my team sports. This is why I always get on you, Blake, and others alike when you do that pessimistic, optimistic stuff. Well, and, and, I've and gotten I, better at it, though, because when the Cavs were down 3-1 and I quit, I said, I'm not going to watch if that's the kind of effort they're going to get. You said a few things to me back in the day, which I'm not going to rehash, but you were absolutely right. That was another day where I said, you know what, I need to start maybe calling it at how it is, say something, and stand behind it. So earlier this year, you can ask Jay Vino, Adam's dad. Yeah. I told at Jay many times. I said, Jay, this is your year. This is your year. There's no way you guys are going to lose this game. I just just where I, where I saw the programs going, the uncertainty with Haskins coming into the year, which obviously he proved us wrong. But he can attest that I thought that Ohio State was going to lose this year. And then once they lost by 29, I never backed off the they're not getting in. It's not because I'm not a fan. I'm being pessimistic. The committee is not honoring teams who get blown out by unranked teams by almost 30 points. So here's the thing. We'll go and back then to they it. slapped him in the face again by keeping him sixth in the final rankings. Yes. That was the ultimate 
to so, the face of the I'll black go, guys. I'll go back to that then. So basically, you're right. You were right. I, you know, I thought the same thing that Ohio State's probably not going to get in, and this didn't. But it didn't happen until this past week. Uh, you know, with the, when the matchups came up for the championship game, I was like, "There's no way that a, um, a Texas Oklahoma uh, is outrated." outweighed by uh, Ohio State Northwestern. It's unfortunate that Northwestern got in, for sure, right. for Ohio State. It's very unfortunate. But if a Wisconsin undefeated or one-loss Wisconsin gets in, Ohio State goes. I, I, I 100% believe that. You see, I have, a tough time, I have a tough time seeing that through the eyes of the committee only because we didn't move an inch. We moved up to six last week. Final rankings come out after all the dust has settled, and they have a two-loss Georgia ahead of us. So even if Alabama would have lost and Oklahoma would have lost, we'd still be six. Just think about this. Don't don't. It's tough for you to it, treat Georgia as like I said earlier. Treat them as the JV team of Alabama. The, the bottom line, they they are the second best team, and it's unfortunate that they have to play Alabama. That's the most unfortunate part of this right here. Is that they had to play? Back they're Alabama. good. I watched most of that game. They're good. Whatever happened to them against LSU? This is what kids do, and this is what when people make those comments. This is why when you make you make the comments about Purdue, and everybody makes the comments about you know Georgia losing to LSU and things like that, folks. These guys are kids. From week to week, you have to analyze, and this is why you can't get too big on what happened at Purdue. It has to be a week to week sample space, and then you put it all together as a whole. Yeah, but we look at that, but the committee is putting it all together as a whole. And they shouldn't the do that. Season. And this is what and this is what I say is Ohio State gets the nod because they have the pedigree. They have the fans that travel. They they do win games when it's time for them to win games big on the line. Hence Michigan. Hence them beating the hell out of Alabama when they got into the playoffs when they shouldn't have been there. You named the big games. When they first started this run, Miami, they didn't deserve to be in that game against Miami, but they were. And what I mean, folks, what I mean by not deserve, what I mean is you know the U back then. We knew the U of the 2000s. Ohio State shouldn't have been playing with them. But Ohio State showed the whole nation that we are better than the U. And they shouldn't have been. On one game, on one night, they were better. Exactly. But the U... And I'm, I was the biggest Ohio State honk then. I was happy that they had won. It was a, like one of the first championships I'd ever seen because Cleveland hadn't done anything because I'm not sure. counting the crunch. Nine times out of ten, the U wins that game. And that's but fair. It's, it's one game on one night, and they happen to be that night. And, and for me, that's why I always think of Ohio State when, you, when me not even being an Ohio State fan, I know that the Ohio State performs when they're asked to perform. That is the pedigree of Ohio State regardless of the coach for the past 20 years. Trestle got them up for the games. Urban gets them up for the games. You name a big game that Ohio State's been in in the past 20 years, Ohio State's won every single one of them, except for one, and it's the Baker Mayfield OU game. That, well, that LSU, rematch. they lost that game to LSU in the, in the BCS title game. Okay. But they were, they shouldn't I have mean, been. They, 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 they literally backed in, like backed, backed, backed in that year. But you, okay, well then I'll take back every single game and say the majority of them. Yeah, the most, majority most of them. Most of them. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they baptized pretty much every team with the exception of LSU and Florida in big, in big games. Right. I mean, the one versus two Michigan game, OSU played their butts off. This year's game, when they were told that they shouldn't even been in the game with Michigan, they blew them up. When they played Alabama and lost their quarterback, their, their, their backup quarterback, they put in a third-string quarterback, and they still blow out Alabama. 
these are the things that basically make me think that the committee can't sit back and just say no to Ohio State. That's why I would always think they were going to back into it. Come championship week, though, it's the matchups that kill it because Northwestern's there. I just don't understand there. how an undefeated Notre Dame team who's not in a conference, and that's on Notre Dame. They're in a conference for basketball, but they're not in a conference for football because they're all high and mighty. Ohio, once again, the Big Ten champion's not in there. So that's where I'm going to go to bat for Ohio State and say, well, who did Notre Dame play this weekend? Oh, wait, they played themselves. They didn't do anything. They were playing with themselves at home. No offense to Notre Dame, God's team. I'll be rooting for them because I don't like any other teams in the college football playoff. Anyway, and my grandfather was a Notre Dame fan too. So, um, But, you know, Notre Dame, you know, jo- join a conference or play the heart you, you should be required to play as hard of a schedule as you possibly can every year if you want to try to run the table and get in. So, so kind of going back to what we were talking about, so this is why we had the argument because what, what happened was, is I'm not saying that you're wrong, your rose-colored glasses are off, but you may not have actually shown the pictures or anything like that, but I know you were inadvertently celebrating because, I mean, I heard the snide comments, man. You sounded like my, you know, like... you well, know, I you didn't like rub it... In and like I would just throw, I would pick you back up. When I took the wrong turn, and you'd be like, Man, I told you to take that turn the other way, but now I see. And then every time something messes up, it'd be like, Man, if you just took that turn, that's what you sounded like. You know, that's exactly what you sound like. But you can ask people in years past, I was very tame on social media, in person. I didn't even. I mean, I was afraid to call Adam Vino. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was afraid he might throw his phone through a wall if I called him after the game. But I did not gloat nearly as much as I do because I didn't no, have the right no. to. I would have rather you gloat and get no, it out your system than spend I, a week saying little, little, little comments here and but, there. Uh, I picked my team to get blown out, and they did the blowing out. I can't jump on that wagon and say, oh, yeah, I told you so. I told you so. They're going to – no, because no. I, I didn't think it was going to happen. You weren't on the wagon. But All the credit to Ohio just, State for you, that performance. You weren't on the wagon, but you sure weren't far behind it, man. <laughs> That's, I'm going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you that for sure. You might have been on the trailer of it or something, but uh, – um, that's what that's what we were going for, you know. Uh, that's what I was trying to tell you was basically, you know, hey man, you you know, and, and for me it's the rivalry. I, I expect you to glow whether you said they were going to lose or not. So right, you know. But I didn't feel it was right to because I pretty much said there ain't no way in hell they're going to win this game. So I'm like, I can't go out there and gloat in people's faces and say Ohio State won because. I was the guy saying they were going to lose. That may, to me, I would have looked like a hypocrite if I would have blatantly. Come I mean, out and there's like, a lot more. There's a lot bigger hypocrites out there than you for sure. Because I definitely saw a lot of people that said the same exact thing and touted it for weeks, and then came up and basically uh, had the shirts. Michigan, uh, we beat Michigan again. That uh, which is a great shirt, by the way. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, is people saying is this even a rivalry? Well, for me, if you're going to say if you're going to ask the question if it's a rivalry. If by, just by you asking that question, it's a rivalry because you're throwing it in our face. If it wasn't a rivalry, you wouldn't say nothing no more. Right. You know, you don't hear Pittsburgh fans saying anything to Browns fans anymore until they show up to the stadium, beat us, and then they don't even worry about us no more. Right. Like, that, to me, tells me there's a rivalry. You guys enjoy beating Michigan. The rivalry is there. Michigan will be back. This thing has tend to run its course decade by decade. Right. Um, and Michigan's still the leader of overall wins. By seven. By seven. By so seven. even with all the success Ohio State's had, we have been Michigan's bitch for the better part well, of the last 30 years. You know, people don't well, like to count, you know. Well, BT, before Trestle, we were Michigan's bitch. Yes. And, and Pardon that, my language. And, and that's fine. You know, the, these things run, 
you know, Urban's not going to be there forever, mm-hmm. and you guys are going to run out of coaching opportunities eventually. So, you know, and the same with Michigan. Michigan hit a time where they made a bad decision to switch their mentality from pro style to spread offense. And in the state of Michigan, the players that you need to run a spread offense aren't coming from Florida. No. They're not coming from the hot states. They don't want to no. come to Michigan. So you're getting slow people, and Michigan hasn't recovered from that yet. We've, we have, but not all the way. So I, I anticipate it being back. It's still a rivalry. Uh, we still, right now, uh, can't beat Ohio State because we're not on their level, and that's fine. But eventually that will be the, that'll be the change. But at the end of the day, you know, people out there that were talking on the mess that, that Michigan was going to beat Ohio State, they didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. Man, you guys were awfully loud when that game ended, man. Right. So, um, you know, that's that was my only comment, you know. But, segueing. Segue into the college football semifinals. You know, did the committee get the top four teams right? Yes. Did they slide Ohio State and kind of slap them in the face by leaving them at six? Yes. However, if the, if the committee – did the committee get it right? I say yes, <coughs> but then I could say no because – Would they get wrong, though? I'm only saying – the way that they got it wrong is Alabama is almost two touchdown favorite against Oklahoma. Clemson's a twelve point favorite against Notre Dame. So you're telling me that the you're, you're with Vegas is predicting an onslaught in the semifinals. That's not what this was supposed to be. It was supposed to be the four best teams where you get the three best games. Uh, well, Clemson, I disagree with the with the spread. I disagree with that. Alabama, I don't. Um, I, I don't disagree with that. And. Pretty much any good team that was coming in there to play Alabama was going to be a two-touchdown um, dog. That may change with the quarterback situation. That that definitely may change. They don't really know Jalen Hurts the way they knew uh, Tua, so that may change. Yeah, but is Tua out or is he playing? We don't know, and that's going to be a quarterback controversy right up into that game. Watch, they're going to be asking Nick Saban again, and he's going to be like, stop asking me again and all that right. stuff. So, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think they got it wrong. They did it. In a way that, you know, they took the, the to the records in in account and they said who's playing the best football. You can't leave an undefeated Notre Dame out. You really can't. Right. Everyone will say to Notre Dame, join a conference to play some way. But you know what? If you want to shut Notre Dame up, beat them. That's that's pretty much it. You know that if Notre Dame goes undefeated, which they've done, when they've done that. They've gone to the national championship every single time they do it. So if you don't want Notre Dame to be there, shut them up. You know, they're running around the country beating you. They're not just playing their conference. They're running around the country playing people. And, you know, they're not playing the Little Sisters of the Poor. They're not. They're not playing Citadel. They're not playing Austin P. They're not playing, you know, teams like that. They're actually playing teams that could beat them, except for the Ball State. So, you know, (laughs) to me, if you want Notre Dame not to be there, Beat them. Don't stop asking them to be in the conference. It, it does suck that they're not in conference, but they're getting paid not to be in the conference. So stop asking them to be in the conference. Just beat Notre Dame. Do you think that after the way this season went with as tightly as contested all the spots were, um, do you think we could see ourselves in a spot in the near future where we get to 18 playoff? No. The, Even though the, the other divisions, the, they love the controversy. They love the controversy. I, they really do. They want to keep the conversation going. Yeah, but that makes it not about the NCAA and not about the players. And I thought it was supposed to be about the student athletes. So and more games like it, that make more money. When has it ever been about the players? It's always been about the NCAA. They've made it perfectly clear it's about them and their rules and regulations. Because uh, at the end of the day. If they don't have those rules and regulations, the silly ones that they have, they don't exist. Right. They need a kingdom to rule. 
and that's what the NCAA is. We got to keep people under under thumb, or else we we don't exist. There's no reason for us. Right. So, no, there's. I think that we all are wanting a, an expansion in there, but. It doesn't help that the only teams asking for the expansion are teams that aren't in the playoffs. <laughs> the teams yeah, but that, an eight-team playoff the last two years gives a team like UCF a chance to make their their case for a national championship. I disagree. You know why? Because they'll find some way to put a two-loss UGA over UCF and just say, you know, UCF doesn't play anybody, so how are they better than UGA? That you know that could happen. You know, well, they they were eight and Michigan was seven, so you'd have one and eight. You'd have them versus Alabama. They're in. They give a shot, and the first four games be at home. You'd have Notre Dame versus Ohio State up at South Bend. Uh, I mean, it makes more money. And then the teams that lose, you can have them play in a consolation bowl, get those schools even more money, let them play another game, give yourself a chance to end on, on a positive note. And then it would somebody compromise, and I like this. Then you could take out those cupcake games, force those teams to take out the cupcake games, so you eliminate the Citadels and the Austin Peas and the Ball States. And you play teams that you should play throughout the course of the entire year. So that way the regular season does mean something more than it does now. And then the top eight teams fight it to the death to win it all. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not against an eight-team playoff. In fact, I think it's ludicrous that the lower subdivision, the FCS, has a 24-team playoff. If, if, you're, if you're telling me you're supposed to be the best there is to offer to play college football and get to the NFL – you need that Ironman road to win the national championships. I don't think we get that with four, but it's literally what the NCAA wants to do. They love the controversy. They love the conversation. You know, we, we're not talking about the FCS because it's all settled on the field. It's literally a blip on the radar when it comes to the championship game because you don't need to talk about it. <clears throat> the team settled it for yourself. Here, we sit here and we spend weeks and commercial money week after week talking about who is the four best teams in in college football and it's all arguably there's only one team that that sits out there maybe two that it's not arguable anymore it's Alabama they're number one they're always going to be number one until the foreseeable and I don't know when that's going to be and Clemson is next Saban retires right and Clemson is just about there and Probably next Georgia's year. Georgia's getting there, too. The only unfortunate part for Georgia is they're going to have to play Alabama every single year right? Um, at the SEC Championship. That's the way it's looking for the SEC right now. It's going to be Bama versus UGA in the SEC Championship. It's two years in a row already. Right. <clears throat> and it happened before. So, um, you know, they love that, that argument. They love that controversy. I see that. I mean, that's what ESPN thrives on is the controversy. We always want the reaction and everything like that, that's why they won't do it. Even though there's a lot of money left on the table for this, they don't want to do it because it, they, in their minds, it creates more demand in it, you know, because it's only these four teams. So right. it makes them want to rush in and spend the money because this is a once-in-a-lifetime shot instead of the, everybody paying, diluting the money, almost like a kind of a socialist thing where we're diluting the money by sending you know, these eight teams to other different bowls and everybody else getting money. No, we only want the Cotton Bowl this year to get the money. We only want, uh, I forget who the other one, um, I had it up, but uh, we only wanted, you know, the Chick-fil-A, Goodyear, you know, PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, the, the Rose Bowl, things like that. We only want them to get the money, All-State Sugar Bowl, instead right. of the other bowls that we could possibly make even more interesting in this situation. That's what my honest opinion is, is uh, follow the money. 
that that's what that's what it is. If we could figure out a way to make it absolutely benefit the NCAA, it would happen. But it's not benefiting them right now. So. Right. So we'll definitely have to talk more about these bowls because they're still, you know, we still got uh, you know 26 days before the semifinals are played. Uh, but you know, the bowl season starts in just 12 days. I mean, I can't wait to watch the Air Force Reserve Celebration Bowl between North Carolina A and T and. Elkhorn State. No, never mind. I won't be watching that. No, game. I'm probably not. I'll probably start watching it and take a nap to it. I'm not gonna lie. Right. You know these games are these games are uh, you know to get your last fix in for the you know football. I mean, I even watched the Senior Bowl right. sort of, um, and and things like that. So I'm not mad at the, all these bowls. That's more football for me. They're you know I wish we had better teams, better matchups sometimes. You know, but it's still fun to have football. It's it's scary to know that. That football's coming to an end, unfortunately, and right. I really hate that because the you know basketball is the only one left, and I'm stuck watching bowling on Sundays and right. You know, I, I just so I tell you what, though, let's do something fun with this then because there's a lot of bowls and a lot of games. I challenge you to a bowl off. You pick your winners, I'll pick mine. Whoever gets the most right, loser, buys a winner a round of wings at the at the winner's choice. Okay, yeah, I'm I down. I think that's fun. I'm down. I think that'll be fun. We'll post that on our uh, on our Twitter page, and we'll come. We'll figure out the rules off the air, you know, if there's a tiebreaker, you know, score the national championship game or whatever. Um, but I, I think that'd be kind of fun because there's so many bowls, there's so many teams that I've never even heard of. You're basically just picking a name out of a hat and hoping that they win the ball game. So we're do. going straight up then, too? I would go straight up. I'm not worried about points. Okay. Yeah. Cause cause... That's, so that's really tough to do in college footballs. Is, but I'm willing to do it if we're going to do it. But straight up is totally fine. Yeah, straight up, and then we'll take you know we'll look at the you know if there's a tiebreaker, you know, pick the score of the national championship game, closest one wins. Okay, so. we'll have our picks next week then. Either way, we're going to go out and have some wings, and it's going to be a good time. So oh, it's that, definitely that's how be a I look at it. It'll yeah, just be I'm, nice to spend some of your money. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, walked, I almost walked in that one, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, I was just telling someone today, betting. Betting automatically makes me lose. Like, for some reason, the, the world says, why are you betting? You're going to lose. I shouldn't have bet on the Ohio State Michigan game. That was the stupidest thing I've ever done. Um, so You didn't I, bet with me, so I don't know what. Yeah, I bet with somebody else in the office, and I should have never done that because Ohio State made sure that, you know, I was going to lose that bet. They made damn sure I was going to lose that bet. So <laughs> I uh, I still owe Adam Cerny a six-pack of Christmas ale because I bet him Ohio State was going to lose. And I owe my basketball team a uh, line draw. I hate to call it suicide just because suicide's a terrible thing, but I owe him a line drill. So this big fat guy here, when his leg feels a little bit better, is going to have to run a line drill in front of the entire team. And they think they're betting me that I can't do it in under a minute. They're probably right. I am slow. <laughs> a minute is a long time, man. Foul line back, half court back, other foul line back, all the way back, full court and back. Son. It's a long time, man. That is a long time. A minute is a long time. Yeah, well. That's a calendar year. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm sure I'll be able to do it, but some of them said they're going to video it and put it on their Twitter, so that would be interesting. But, uh, yeah, so the the best time of college football is coming up, the bowl season. Um, There are a lot of them. Definitely fills up some of that time if you're around your relatives and you just need to drown somebody out. Just find ESPN or one of these stations. There's going to be a bowl game on that you can just drown them out. Even Absolutely. if you don't care, no, you you can drown out Uncle Phil at the uh, at the dinner table if you don't want to talk to him. They, they they end up being good sometimes. Yeah, you know, they end up being like a March Madness game. You're just like, wow, did you see such and such? You see San Diego State versus SMU, and it's like, no, but. And if you like points and a lot of scoring, a lot of these bowl games, that's what it is. That's it, man. Because the defenses don't care at this point. Everybody wants to get out, get their free stuff that the NCAA allows them to have, and the bowls will give them. 
get out without any in- injuries and, and go like, I won't lie to you. I'll be watching the famous Idaho Potato Bowl only because um, a lot of my wife's family went to Western Michigan and they're playing BYU. Uh-huh. So I am a closet Bronco fan. My golfing uh-huh. has a Western Michigan Broncos hat. Nice. Yeah, it's all um, good. I don't know. I I don't know which the game. The game that does intrigue me, surprise, surprise, is Michigan, Florida. Sure. The game. The reason why is because will Florida finally break their losing streak against Michigan? You want to bet? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We're going to. <laughs> Florida has never beaten Michigan head to head ever. I know. And, it's and, crazy. And it's, it's it. And, and and people will say, well, you probably caught Florida at a, at a good time. Nope. There was a time that that same team that blew out Ohio State only lost Percy Harvin and played Michigan the following year, and we blew them out right. in, in the Capital One Bowl. So I don't know. I don't know what it is about Florida and Michigan. Uh, they, Florida just seems to fold. So it, Florida's about due. So we'll, we'll see. I'm intrigued because this is like the 95th matchup for some reason against Michigan and Florida. I wish we would get somebody else like – so tell me what grinds your gears about that game and where it's being held from where you used to live. That was actually kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, so 13 years in Georgia. 13 solid, painful years in Georgia. And I say painful because Georgia's not a friendly spot. It's 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 like being on the surface of hell. And and <laughs> that'll be a topic for another day. And 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 the the you know, people I know, I have like six good friends from Georgia. Here in Ohio, I have like a thousand good friends. And so it was painful. So at least there would be a little bit of solace that the team that I love would come to the Peach Bowl. But for 13 years, it was SEC versus ACC. So two years removed from Georgia, all of a sudden Michigan's going to play at the Peach Bowl. And I'm looking at, son of a... And the crazy part about it is, is everyone down there is like, are you coming? Are you coming? We know this is your favorite team. And I'm like, yeah, but two months later, I'm going to Disney World. And since that takes your firstborn kid... I can't go. Like, right. You yeah. know, so it, 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 it just blew my mind, of course, because this is, that's me. It's my life. You know, the most ironic stuff happen, it happens in my life. And, and my, my good friend, my best friend, my fraternity brother down, down south, Dan, he's a Florida fan. And we went to the Florida-Dallas game together, uh, Florida-Michigan-Dallas game in Arlington, fantastic stadium. If you've never been to Jerry World, you should go. It's, it's, it's a mecca. For all football fans, you should go. We went. Michigan beat Florida, of course. He can't go to the game because he's about to have a kid. Congrats to him, by the way. But it's hilarious because we both aren't from Georgia. And the one time both of our teams finally come to Georgia, we can't go to the game. Oh, man. Either one of us. We we never thought in a million years that that matchup would be played close to us so that we could just have a beer, drive from our houses, go there, have a beer there, watch the game. It's so crazy that it's happening because it's ironic my life, you know, that Michigan would play in Georgia because they always play in Florida. So appreciate it, committee, that you set up a game like that after I can't go because I could go see all my friends down there. But now I can't go because I've got my money tied up in things. So thanks a lot, committee. I appreciate it. Maybe you'll do it next year. You know, hopefully Michigan's in the national championship at some point so I can go to that. But, yeah, that's 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 my story about Michigan going to Georgia. Happy Bull season! <laughs> Just a friendly warning for this next segment. If you have not seen Creed 2 and you want to see Creed 2, I would recommend that the college football segment be your last segment of the show this week because we are about to spoil the crap out of this movie. Yeah, Creed uh, Creed 2 was a good, good movie. 
Um, it left me thinking that there might not be another one, though. I, right? I, what did I say? I, watch it. Watch the second one and tell me what I, you think. Yeah. You know, the way they ended it, it, you know, I felt like he had made his peace with his dad and, and, and it made its full circle. So I thought it, it was like the way he looked at the camera, I thought this may be it. Creed 2 might be the final one. What else could they possibly do? But I won't say they can't because they got to do it again. So. Well, it just depends, too, because not only did, you know, Adonis make peace with his father's passing and, you know, the things going on in his life, but Rocky made peace with his son and made peace with the fact that he's a grandfather now and that he needs to whatever him and his son were having, which at the end of Rocky Balboa, they were fine, which I don't, so I don't understand what happened. They never really explain it, which is fine. You don't have time to do it. But uh, it was pretty cool to see Milo make an appearance as Rocky's son and then have, you know, Rocky walk up and be a grandfather. Um, quite honestly, the only next place to go is in the third Rocky, you know who dies, so in the third Creed that they would follow, I can't emotionally handle, like, if they're going to kill Rocky, I'm up and out of the theater, and I, I won't know how Creed three ends if it ever comes to it, because I just, I can't force myself to watch Rocky die. You know, my, my thought is, is though, Milo, um, in, in his show, This Is Us, he kind of alludes to that he boxes to kind of get his mind off the war. Um, I don't understand why they wouldn't have him kind of taking over Rocky's mantle in Creed, like kind of coming in there and doing the thing. Like maybe Robert, or Rocky Jr., Robert Jr., whatever, he never had the inkling to box. Mm -hmm. It was never part of his character, even back to Rocky V. The only thing he ever did boxing-wise was knock down a bully and redo a basement and put up Rocky's boxing memorabilia. Other than that, nothing. Like, he did, and other than being in Dad's corner for the fight with Mason Dixon, never really showed any interest in it. So, it'd be, that that would be a tough translation. I think that would turn more people off than on. I don't know. Uh, I mean, you know, for me, I kind of would. Wouldn't it be? It would be sweet. Like if they're doing a Creed three, and like if you know, like you said, you'd be out of the movie theater if Rocky passed and whatnot. And what if? Wouldn't it be like kind of symbolic if his son just took over his mantle and said, you know what? Me and my father made peace. I know this is what he loves to do. This is why I want to be part of this because it's a piece of him that I didn't get to know. And I want to know this world. And then, you know, he gets the itch. I'm going to say no because, you know, he was in his corner because, you know, he wanted to help his dad make peace with the demons that were running through his body in Rocky Belbov. Having that last fight and just getting all... Rocky took that fight to get all the frustrations of life out. He is down and out. From riches to rags, running a restaurant probably that I don't know if he really wants to run, probably only running it because it's the name of his wife. Um, he's still upset that she's gone and he's still here and everything around him just seems to be leaving and you know, he feels more and more lonely. So that fight was to get rid of those inner demons kind of still holding him back from moving on with his life. Um, and then they made, you know, they made a big deal about, you know, um, the only reason that Rocky Jr. ever got a job was because of his last name and he always felt like Rocky threw a big shadow around him. So I think he wants to stay out of that shadow and build his own life. So getting into boxing, I think, would kind of take away everything he said he didn't want to be in Rocky Balboa. That's true, you know. And that's just because I watch these movies way too much, and I probably know more about the subplots than I should. Nah, and, and that's not that's <laughs> not a bad. But you know, throw a twist in there. You know, something like that. Make it new. You know, go go for something. Because I don't necessarily want the franchise to die with a, a Creed two or a Creed three. There's got to be something else like. You know, later what down else the road. does Donnie have to prove after this? 
He really doesn't. He knew what that's he was, the that's the crazy part about it is yeah. you you're a heavyweight champion and you beat the guy that you were supposed like you can't go back from him. Right. You can't go back from a victor. You can't no. because if you bring anybody to the same size as Adonis in this match after he went through that whole entire training to be able to take the punishment that Victor was going to give him, you put him in with somebody else, it's not going to be the same. You, right. you know, he has to battle his himself at this point, his own personal demons. I think he did that in Creed 2. This is why I worried that that might have been it because it's like, what else do you have to prove? You beat the monster among men as far as Victor Drago is, is, is concerned. So where do you go from here? Like, that's why I say it would be interesting that if you know, Rocky's son decided to, to, to join this world. It's like Creed versus Rocky again. Like that Creed versus Balboa again. Yeah, but, you know, I'll be leaving the theater as they're burying Rocky and then Milo's going to make his scene and you're going to be texting me as I'm in the parking lot. Milo's here and I'm going to be like, son of a bitch. And here I go walking back in the and, theater. And that's what I'm saying. That's where the subplot comes in. It's kind of like, you know, do we get Creed versus Balboa again? Because... Where do you go with Creed? He's he's the world. So you want Rocky's champ. son to fight Creed? Is what you're saying? Do it. Let's do it, man. Like, let, bring my Milo's forty some years old though. Like, I know that he's he's old. He well, he's older. Um, maybe he's 30, 36, 37, Maybe, but it would be interesting. Well, Michael Michael B. Jordan's at about thirty five, thirty six though too. So maybe they are the same age. So it could be feasible. So you know. I, I would like to see it. Balboa versus Creed again. You know, son versus son. You know, you know lineage versus lineage. You know, somehow, you know, what I'm thinking is, is okay, Balboa dies, you know, in this sense, in the, in the third one. They have a, a difference in, in opinion about something, and they just have to get it done in the ring. To, to get that respect. But you can't expect Robert to come in and have a shot against the heavyweight champion of the world. I mean, and you to you, I say this. What? <laughs> what? 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 Thanks, Stone Cold. By far. Thank, thank you for coming By in. By the, the most annoying thing to ever catch on in wrestling. What? They, they say what to just whatever. It'd be like... It don't even make sense for them to say what. It, I, what? I can't even make this stuff up. It's worse than why. But <laughs> um, the, the chills, going back to the movie though, the chills that I had when Drago and Victor are standing on top of the steps in Philadelphia that Rocky and Adonis Ooh, have trained man, on. That was, that was eerie. Like I literally like looked over at my wife and said, what the hell is he doing there? Like literally, it, like it, I know it came out loud enough for the entire movie theater to hear and I was not ashamed of it. It was eerie because then they had what, that one guy doing the, the typical celebration of Rocky at the top of the steps and he's just looking at Philadelphia, i.e. America, basically celebrating the guy who beat him where at home you learn to find out that his whole entire life was crushed because he lost to the American on his soil when he was supposed to be unbeatable. It, it's crazy to see that moment in that movie. I just... And the, I, the, I, the, the imagery, the thought process to go through him and, and Victor's face the whole time was just kind of like, I don't understand what's going on. I just know what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. you know, I, I, I'm just a, a kick-ass machine and that's what yeah, I'm going to do. Yeah, you know, like... Him and Adrian's restaurant, like when he walk, like Rocky comes back and the hostess is like, "There's some really big dude waiting for you," mm -hmm. and like the look on Rocky's face, like, "What? Like, why are you here?" 
Like, you stole everything from me. It's like, damn straight you Man, did. <laughs> I, even if I whooped a guy, even if I fought a guy and knocked him out that size, I'm not trying to see him again. You know, right. I, I won, I got in, and I got out. Like that, That's it. Well, like I Rocky said, and I'd have to think this would have to be true in real life. If that kind of a fight took place, he broke things in Rocky, like Rocky said, that have never been fixed. And psychologically, mentally, physically, emotionally, yeah. I mean, you lost your best friend, got killed in the ring. He almost beat you to death, caused you to have to retire, which causes you to lose everything. Your life goes in a downward spiral because you're, you're poor now. You have to find another way to live. So, yeah, I can definitely see why, you know, Rocky makes that comment. And then, you know, him talking with Adonis about the way he's got to fight him. And, you know, Adonis is like, what do you mean I got to do that? And he goes... Well, I won, didn't I? Like, yeah. that was like the line of the movie. Yeah. I mean, he's like, well, I won, didn't I? Yeah. He, he knows what needs to be done to beat a, beat a Drago. And you have to, you, when he told him during the fight that, you know, you're going to have to take pain to give the pain, that is crazy to me. That, that you would have to allow a guy like that to punch you wherever he's going to punch you just so that you can get a chance at him. That's crazy. I, I just don't even, I, I couldn't even imagine that type of punishment being given to me just so I could win a fight. I, I think, right. for me, I have a heart to, to, to fight someone, but if someone's going to punch me out like that to the point where they're pretty much going to punch me stupid, right. I don't want to be in that ring. <laughs> right. And the first time, you know, he, he fights Drago twice. The first time, he loses. However, he wins by disqualification only because Victor Drago takes a cheap shot at him. He knocks him to his knees. They could have called the fight there. Ref should have called the fight there in real life. That fight's over. Drago comes up and cold cocks him right in the face, knocks him out cold. Um, and they give him, they give Adonis the win via disqualification, hence why he's still the champion. But, you know, Rocky made a good point to him and said, what are you fighting for? Are you just taking this fight because of your dad and what this means? Or why? what's your reason for fighting? That's true in everything. You're not going to do your best job if you don't have something that you personally need on your heart. For the reason, that, you know, like we go to work every day because we have our wives at home that expect us to, to provide or at least be half the providers of the house. We wouldn't do this if it was just you and I sitting at home. Like, why am I going to put myself through this job where I get yelled at every single day? Right. When I just sit at home, I mean, I go someplace to be happy. I'd be a camp counselor if I was a bachelor, you know, whatever. Right. that's fun. I get to teach kids all day, things like that. That's the exact same thing going in this fight is like. What are you really doing this for? You know, if you're doing this for somebody else's well gain, you, you just can't do it. And it's right. He put himself in a dangerous situation for yeah. not being ready for that, you know. But like you said, in a real fight, a lot of the it's for dramatic appeal. The way that, that Adonis got knocked out a couple times during that first fight, they would have called it then because he literally got knocked silly a couple times. Right. And at that point... You know, you've got to, you got to, as a ref, you got to think about the well-being of the fighter and the way sometimes he hit the canvas. You're just, you just got to go, dude. He can't go he no, can't more. Handle this we, no he's, more. He can't protect himself. You, you got to call it as a referee. And, and I'm surprised that there wasn't more cerebral damage than there was than there was to the ribs. I really was right. for the beating that that man took. I was, that was crazy. And to see the visuals between those two, I mean. Uh, he, Michael B. Jordan or Creed, he's not a small guy at all. Like, so, he looks small man, compared to the guy. Where did they find this they guy? They casted that part perfectly because in the first, in Rocky Four, Drago was tall, stoic, muscular, didn't have to say anything. The look on his face and his body 
said everything that needed to be said about this character. And in this film, his dad was able to do all the talking for him. And if you look at it, Victor didn't have the reason to fight that that, uh, you could that tell. Adonis had. Yeah, you could, you could he tell. was fighting more for his through his dad's. You know, his dad was living through his kid than anything yep. else. And one of my favorite parts of the film is when Brigitte Nielsen's character, Ivan Drago's ex-wife, walks in. I don't know if she was some kind of Russian national, if she was high up in, in, in the Russian government there. Everybody, including Drago, who's been dis, dis, you know, disgraced by his country, stands up for her. And Victor's sitting there and sweats with this blank you look and finally makes the point, these people turn their back on you. Why do we have to stand for her? Why do we have to be here? She's a perfect stranger to me. Why are we doing this? Like that really kind of made me say, "Wow!" Like this kid, maybe he's just not the the ass kicking machine that we thought that he was. He's kind of seeing things from a, a different way now. I think he has more of a a an approach um, that we do as a young society here that we're clashing with the old world right now, where respect is earned from mm-hmm. from our age. We you got to earn respect. From us, and we're not just gonna give it to you. You're not gonna just tell us this is the way things are always gonna be. And so I kind of agree with the mentality that he has because the old world says you just respect your elders regardless, and they could be disgusting people, and they're just telling you you gotta respect them because they're your elders. They paved the way for you. That's no longer the case with our age our age group. We we have looked far and wide at these elders and say, you know what? You guys aren't doing the things right the way they're supposed to be. We want to take over this country, and you got to earn respect from us. And if you're not an upstanding character, uh, you mean well, you're not getting that respect. And I think he saw that. What kind of mother leaves his child, right. especially for us to? And he to made be that born. point. She left us. Yeah, what we kind, have nothing. You know, what kind of mother or father leaves their child? Right. You know, they, you just don't do that. And and I'm with him. You know, not putting out there, but when you're when my one of my parents left. You don't get no respect from me. You got to earn that from me, and you should never expect for me to respect you when you didn't respect me enough to stay with me. Right. You know. So for, you know, I'm not standing up. You know, either. I wouldn't have stood up either. I love that moment. You know, that's a good moment right there because it really is a telltale sign of where we're at and why we have such dissension and disagreement in in our country alone. Because our attitude is really like, you're not going to just tell us what to do. You you got to show us why we got to do it this way. And if you can't explain to me in a way that makes sense to me, I'm not going to do it. I'm just right. going to be chilling. <laughs> right. And, you know, the, the this film also continued to capture the nostalgia of the Creed characters, of the Rocky characters. I You know, the training scene was, the second training scene was off the hook. Like, I am fatter than I should be, and I make some horrible food choices sometimes. But, like, when I watched that, when I was watching that movie, like, the hairs on the back of my neck were standing. I had goosebumps. I'm like, man, if I did half that stuff, I'd be skinny again. Like, and just just to see what he was willing to go through and the pain he was willing to go through, especially the one exercise where he had the 45-pound weight attached to his head, strengthening his neck muscles. And then Rocky just taking a tire and beating up his body just so he could withstand that punishment from Drago. And then, of course... They always get the music right with this kind of stuff. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, it was, oh, it was a good montage scene. Uh, one, one of mine was the toe-to-toe boxing, where he had to go to toe-to-toe with that big guy and just throw punch for punch, try to block what he could, get, really get in there and have to, to duke it out with somebody. I love that moment. Um, but my favorite moment was when he collapsed to his face uh, and you know Rocky's in the car. is like, get up, get up. When he got up, I knew it was on then. I knew yeah. it was on. But uh, that training scene was probably one of the more epic training scenes I've seen. 
I loved every moment of it because they put him back to basics. They made sure that he was trained for this fight. They broke him so that they could build him right. as a machine to go against this guy that was already a machine. I loved I loved every minute of that training scene. I thought uh, the way he was played to the ring was awesome. The fact that Tessa Thompson's character, that oh well, she is, she is stunningly beautiful. She stunningly played him oh to the ring. Gosh. It was perfect because it wasn't oh. too soft, but it was like, Oh I was I was pumped up, ready what, to go. What male would not want their wife, a talented wife like that, to play them to the ring as you're about to go whoop some ass? Dude, that was any better than, you know what, second to any wrestling entrance I've ever seen, any boxing entrance, any UFC entrance I've ever seen. The number one entrance, in case you guys are wondering, for me will always be The Undertaker. No one's ever surpassing that. That dude has always had the best interests. No one's going to ever beat that. The 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 imagery, the, everything that goes along with him, he ain't going to beat that. But this, when he was walking in the tunnel and Creed basically kind of disappeared into the night and was kind of like, let's go. And I was kind of like, what happened? Are we just going to cut scene now? All of a sudden, the, the lights come up and his wife is standing there under that that laser light. I was just like, oh, wow, this is this is tight. And yeah. they, he walks them out to the ring, and they're in all black. Oh, my gosh. I got chills on my back. I, when I was walking out the theater, I was like, I looked at my wife. I was like, can you, like, sing me out to the car so I can feel tight? Like, I just, just want to feel tight right now. Like, I'm sorry, Mr. Snow. <laughs> you know, I, I definitely wish that could happen for me, but I'm not getting in the ring with Victor Drago to get no. my face beat in, no matter how well my wife can sing. As that fight you know, was going and, you know, they were trading punches and punches and, you know, you could feel the climax of the fight coming. I know for a fact, and I wasn't the only one in the theater doing this, I'm clapping, you know, like it's a real fight. Like, I'm into mm-hmm. it. I'm like, like, Donnie hits, you know, Donnie hits a shot. I'm like, boy, Donnie! Like, in yeah. the theater. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm in the last row. Music's super loud. Yeah. I don't care. But, like, I was into that fight more than any WWE fight that I've seen recently, any boxing match I've seen, any MMA. Like, I felt... It was 100% legit. And the way that it ends, you know, Victor refuses to go down, refuses to lose, refuses to get beaten, just lets Adonis keep pounding on him. For Drago to stop that fight, that was like the best way to end that. Man, and and the, the, the scenes after it, you know, where it finally seemed that Drago became a human being, and that's all his son ever wanted him to be, was to be his father, be yeah. his friend. Train together. Be, yes, but yeah, exactly. Get out of the car. Stop training me like... You're my trainer. Train me like you're my father and you care about me. And you could see the look on Victor's face. The whole entire thing was like, I'm not so sure about this, you know? Right. Like, I don't understand why I'm doing this. And things that are being said, things that are being done in front of me, I'm not a fan of it, you know? Right. You know, I he, he really felt like you could feel just through his eyes that he just wasn't feeling it. Even during the fight when he was like, his father was telling him, break him, do this. He was kind of like... I know I can, but I don't want to. Like, right. I want to win, but I don't want to kill this guy. Like, right. You know, I'm not that guy. And and you could feel that, that he was descend, descending. I know he got upset when his when his mother left again and, and started, you know, getting out of control, and that's pretty much what caused him to lose that fight. Right. But you could tell on that guy's face, Victor's face, that he just wasn't into what his dad was into. He's right. just not that guy. And I love that part. I love that that storyline, which finally came to to a conclusion at the end where it was like, you know what, 
we're finally going to be father and son. Right. And I love that. It that, took Ivan seeing that for him to say, you know what? No, we don't need to win at all costs. I'm not going to lose my kid over this. Yeah. And, you know, the reason, you know, when I when I said last week without giving it away, you know, wait till you see it to tell me if you think there's going to be a third. The Dragos are at peace. The Creeds are at peace. And the Balboas are at peace. What more is there to do? I don't think you that's can. That's why I said. There, I just don't there, think you can do it. There's nobody left. That's what. That's why I said. You and the way the end credits played with all the montages of all those different scenes from the Rocky movies and Creed, I'm like, they're done. They, it can't be. Uh, you know, and you got to do a three. You got to do a three. You know, the only the only franchises that I could think of that really left us hanging was like Bad Boys. They only did a Bad Boys two. Uh, I don't think yep. they're gonna. I, I heard think Bad Boys three's coming. They're not gonna do Bad Boys three. They've been saying that for years. Okay, they might, but you know. <laughs> You know, and, and, you know, Men in Black did come out years later with a three. So, right. you know, it could happen. But with the way Creed 2 ended, it doesn't look like there's there's something else. But I think you start Creed 3 with that peace and harmony and you find out where the riff came from because they start to do the riff in the middle of the show. You know, for me, that's why I say you do Rocky. Um, you You do Rocky. I just showed Jay that Bad Boys for Life is coming out in 2020. He's just like, get that weak stuff out of here. Get that out out of my face. So with Rocky, you know, unfortunately you let Rocky either get sick or him, you know, pass away uh, to to put the character to bed. What? And then then you let his son take up his mantle or his, well, his grandson. It wouldn't make sense for his grandson. The grandson would be too young. be too young. Yeah. So... Maybe Rocky's illegitimate. I don't think Rocky would do that, but, you know, something. No, you got to trade it off. Kill Rambo and Rambo 5 and keep Rocky alive. That is the only compromise I'm willing to have. Yeah. Or you keep, or Barney Ross dies in the next Expendables movie. You can kill him in one of those iconic roles, but I don't, I I just don't see that character dying on screen. I just, I I, I, I don't see it happening. I don't see Stallone doing it. I just don't see, and that's not an ego thing. I think it's a legacy thing. I don't think the legacy... Last lasting image. I don't think anyone wants to see Rocky Balboa on a casket because yeah. he was supposed to die at the end of the fifth one. He was going to die after the street fight, but yeah, but, but Rocky, the studio changed it, and Stallone was like, "No." Well, Rocky's looking pretty weak right now, though. You know, he I looked think, better than he did at the end of the first Creed movie. What I mean by weak is, as in, like he's he's getting older and older, oh, yeah. and he's making peace with a lot of things, and that's what old people do, right? or seasoned people. I'm sorry, I won't call you old people. That's what seasoned people do is they start, when they know they're going or about to go, they start to make peace with everybody. They care less if you're still mad at them. They know they're going. They just want to let you know before they go, I love you and, you know, I care about you. And I'm sorry it took me so long to say it, but before I go, I want you to know that before I leave this earth. And I think when you say that the Balboas are at peace and things like that, it's coming his time. And, And so... If they're gonna make a three, he he's gotta die. You know, if he stays, <laughs> if he stays around, it's like okay, well then, you know, we got to do a four. You know, we got we got to have closure on the guy. We do, and I don't know if closure is him making peace with his family. I just don't think that's enough. Creed three, Rocky versus. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's not gonna happen. So yeah, but I would have to say that's definitely a five star movie for me. If there's such a thing, I I just I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was well done. It was well written. It was well acted. Um, I just thought everything was on point. I didn't think they wasted a second of screen time. I thought everything had its right place in the movie, and I would have to say I liked it better than the first one. And I really liked the first one. I would say if you're watching, if you're a Rocky franchise, it's a must see. You can't see it. If you you can't not see it. 
Uh, I would say for me, just movie watching, it's a must see. Uh, does it go? Does it go necessarily in my, my video collection that you got it? You like if you're an American, you have to see these movies. I don't know. Um, it goes in my collection just because I have all, all exactly. of them. Yeah, that's why um, it's there. Yeah. Yeah, I think most people would say with this one, Creed one and two, great, great movies. I think that you should see them. Um, but I, I don't think uh, it's up to that level where I'm saying you 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 must see uh, to be an American. And right. I have those few movies, you know. No, that's fair. Like like Sandlot. If you ain't seen Sandlot, please leave the country. <laughs> uh, you know, um, Major League. If you haven't seen that, please leave the country. Right. Um, if you a uh, couple other movies, some some there's some Denzel Washingtons. I think uh, it's the Training Day. If you haven't seen Training Day, please think about leaving the country. country. You know, things like that. You know, the movies like that where I'm. everyone has seen them. Everyone can quote. If you haven't seen the Godfather series, you might think about packing your bags. And leaving the country. Yeah, so <laughs> things like those movies. If you haven't seen those, then, you know. But Creed is a great movie. It's right up there. I think that it's close. It's just that if you haven't gotten into the Rocky Balboa series, there's no point in even watching it. If right. you're not a fan of boxing, there's no point in watching it. I'm a fan of Michael B. Jordan. For one, especially after the way he acted in Black Panther, especially for oh, Friday Night Lights. Oh, that was movie. Oh, my gosh. He, he's, he's one of the more underrated actors out there. Uh, he's exploding. He's and, exploding on scene, man. You he's, know, he's I, I just wish they would give him more opportunities than what they've, already, what they've given him. I think he has good acting chops, and I think he can do more than what the sports movies are getting. Right. I mean, he's great for the women. <laughs> They love to look at him, um, and I think he could do. But he was masterful in Black Panther. Uh, yeah, masterful. Yeah, he, he his 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 acting in, Ma- in Black Panther was probably some of the best I've seen. And he's no Heath Ledger as Joker, but if I had to say as villains, because lately I've been leaning more towards villains because they've been act better actors by far. Right. Uh, he's he's top three. Uh, he's between Joker, Loki, and him. Those are those are yeah, but Loki couldn't decide if he was bad or good towards the end, which was good. I like the way he could go back and forth and and still be likable because he's one of my favorite Marvel characters. Yeah, Loki is likable to me. Tom Hiddleston is a very underrated actor. He's very, but uh, you know, Killmonger. I mean, wow! Just the the character, its depth, its 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 portrayal was was epic, and I think Michael B. Jordan hit the nail on the head because. It, it, you guys want to you want to think that he's a villain, but if you think about it, he's actually not the villain in the in the story. He actually wants to do good with Wakanda. It's just the fact that he has to beat the protagonist uh, to do it, and right. and everyone wants the Black Panther to win, you know, but T'Challa. But you know, it, you have to have the antagonist. He looks like he's a, a war criminal, but to me, he plays the same thing as Magneto does. And in X Men, he's basically like, "Hey, no one wants us here, so we're gonna take it by force." And Professor Xavier is like, "No, that's not the way we do it." Right. Some of us would sit here and say, "You know what? Magneto's the hero because they're really discriminating against us. We should do something about it. You know, we're right. not here to hurt you, but you guys keep hurting us. So why are we sitting back?" And you know, then you have Professor Professor Xavier saving the human race from the X Men. Right. Same with T'Challa. You know, if we let this get out. <laughs> We, you know, we could either be hindered or can't be stopped. Killmonger's like, let's let this get out and blossom from it. The world can blossom from this. And I just love how Killmonger's uh, role was portrayed. Speaking of Michael B. Jordan looking good for the ladies, 
my wife will admit to this. We were watching. Um, it was she made her first appearance in Justice League. Uh, Gal got it as Wonder Woman. Yeah. You see Wonder Woman in an outfit. My wife. Man, she's sexy. Thank you. You've been. I wanted to say that all film. However, they just released the Captain Marvel poster. I told my wife, I'm like, you may think that Gal Gadot is sexy, but this woman playing Captain Marvel, sexy man. She. I Bre- cannot Bre- wait to see. You it. Like Brie Larson. Uh, no, is that Brie Larson yeah, playing that, it? That's yeah. who. That's who's playing it. Yeah. I'm interested. I saw the the previews for it. I'm very interested in seeing that movie. I mean, look. Yeah. Oh my! I, I don't know. Goodness, Gal, man. And Jeez. then Oof. that comes out in March uh, of next year. So right before my birthday, thankfully. Uh-huh. Um, shout out to, and I'm going to tag him on on Twitter. If he's on Twitter, I'll throw it on Facebook too. David J. Fielding, the original Zordon. He was Zordon for the first twenty or thirty episodes. He made a fantastic point the other day on his Facebook page. He said, we should not get any previews for Avengers 4. Here it is, and enjoy it. That way you don't can't speculate about anything. Because that's coming out next year. I agree. Maybe I don't want to see a preview for it. Just Here's when it comes out. I'm going to go sit in the theater, and I'm just going to watch it all unfold and finish up for me. Um, I don't need to see a preview. I need to know when it happens. You need to you need to tat, you need to tease me. No, I don't want to be teased. No, I'm, I'm talking about you need, to, you need to just what if you're talking about that, we need to know the date at least. Tell me, you know, oh, not that, not by that way. Do, do this when it when it's time for the commercial. Just put you know words up on the screen that flash and say that and don't show any footage from the movie and just say here's when it comes here's out. Here's when it comes out. Right, I can agree with that. That's fine. Yeah, uh, I'm fine with it. Uh, Cause it's gonna be epic. I'm I mean, either. I'm either way. Marvel's been been hit, 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 hit. So they I, haven't you know, done a bad movie yet. I can't think of one. I really can't. Just, and, and until if DC I'm, gets their act together and starts, DC eating. is too late. They're too late in the game. They they can't come back from the role that Marvel is on. They they've had some of the greatest directing, acting, and producing I've ever seen for a superhero movie besides the Batman series. And I'm talking about Batman One, Batman Returns. And the uh, Batman Beyond series, ba- Batman, not Batman, Batman Forever, Batman, not 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 Batman Forever, Batman, uh, and uh, with Heath Ledger in it. Oh, uh, Batman Begins, Dark yes. Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, that was the best one. Batman Forever is not even in this no, discussion. No, movie. so no, those were some of the, you know those were three very well done films. You know, they kind of had to write themselves into a hole a little bit with the Dark Knight Rises. I'm still not the biggest fan of that movie, only because I don't think Batman saving Gotham from an atomic bomb is necessarily all that. Believe I don't know, but just maybe because what could have been, as we've talked before, if Heath Ledger wouldn't have passed away, he would have been back as Joker. You would have had Leonardo DiCaprio as the Riddler, and could you imagine that kind of mayhem that that would have ensued? And the biggest mistake DC made was not backing the the Robert Downey Jr. Brinks truck up the Christian Bale and basically saying, "Here's a blank contract. Write whatever dollar number amount you want, but this is what we're doing. We need you." When they did not do that, and they let that goof Ben Affleck and his Batman, it. It ruined it because Bale and Cavill on screen together would have been amazing. That could have been enough to not overtake Marvel, but really kind of bring them head to head. And the fact that they they did they couldn't do it, shame on them. Yeah, I, I don't think that they failed with Ben Affleck. I think that they failed by not keeping Christian Bale. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, for me, I thought they finally got an actor in 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 Henry that looked and was Superman. Mm-hmm. I, I really felt like they had him. And they also may have, where it is, lost him as Superman. Right. And and that's my problem with DC is is they're not able to keep these characters. 
and and that's absolutely a sign of their failures as opposed to the actors' failures because even with Marvel, they they can get actors to do two different Marvel movies and you know and come back. Right. And and what's uh, what's his name? Um, the guy who played Green Lantern and Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, he's played two Marvel characters. He played one DC character and basically crapped all over himself for it. He basically said that was the worst decision of my entire life. That's a telltale Green sign. Lantern? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. a telltale sign of what they're doing over there at DC right now. They're yeah. not. They're not hitting. They, you know, they hit one home run with the Dark Knight and uh, in, in Heath Ledger, and they literally didn't take that formula and keep going with it because legit, they had something going. They had some momentum. And with the Justice League, they, I think they were trying to hit their stride. I thought Man of Steel I thought was, that was a good. I thought that was a good movie. Justice League was not bad. I, that's what I thought. I thought it was and, better than Batman vs. Superman. And, and yes, it was. But, you know, Man of Steel was also a good movie, too. Yes, it Man was. Man of Steel was a great movie. It, it definitely was more realistic, like a Marvel movie. Like, lines in it with, with Superman, they, they had him cuffed. One of my favorite lines, they were like, you basically they're trying to make him you know confess to something he was like all right let's be real and he just takes off the handcuffs right probably one of my favorite parts in the whole movie yeah, in the uh-huh. whole entire movie because i'm like yeah it's superman what the hell do you guys think you were going to do to superman like right. that's one of my favorite parts in the whole entire movie it's just dc just doesn't capitalize like marvel does marvel makes sure that you are in these movies from the time it begins to the time it ends and there's no law and i and even and I they, they even get you to stay for the credits yeah i mean they got people sitting there for Three to four hours watching this dang. I ain't gonna lie to you. I I Google and see how many post credit scenes are there because most of the time I've been sitting there waiting to go to the bathroom for two hours and I can't <laughs> wait any longer. It's like, is this damn thing gonna have another one? Google it. Nope. Okay. Peace out. Yeah, man. I uh, I've, I've been there before where I was like, I was literally like crossing my legs left and right, like, oh, I don't want to go because I know I'm gonna miss something epic. Right. And then you run out, run in, let it go, and then come back in. And you look at the person next to you who's sitting there like, oh, dude, you're like, no. Now I got to go <laughs> see it again. You're like, no. Yeah. I, will, I will give DC credit for this, though. Um, you know, I don't know if you've ever watched Big Bang Theory. They basically make they make Aquaman look awful in their, their cosplays and stuff. Yeah. This movie and the guy that they got doing Aquaman, this movie looks legit. And I cannot wait to see it. And Dolph Lundgren's in that movie as well. Why? No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just... What? <laughs> yeah. Jason Momoa was a good pick. I give you that. Aquaman's still a terrible character. But I used to say that about Captain America. I thought Captain America was the worst character to ever be created. What? And he was just for propaganda. This was before this. This was before the series. You ever read those comics before Captain fair, America? Fair, yeah. Fair Captain enough. America was just about propaganda. It was literally let's beat the Soviets and. The Red Skull. That's what we were about. That was that error. That's what he did. That's what Captain America did. Thought he was the worst character of all time. Now, with the Marvel movies, they turned Captain America, who was just a basic, you know, basic uh, after-school special superhero, you know, drink your vitamins, say your prayers type guy. They turned him into a rock star to me. And he is literally the catalyst for that series to me. And I love everything that Captain America is because of the movies. And if they can do that with Aquaman, <laughs> I will be surprised because Aquaman is literally the worst character. Yeah, but the movie looks good, and kudos to them for making it look good. And Dolph Lundgren is playing King Nearest. Oh, he's, he's, he's basically uh, Poseidon. Yes. So, um... That, to me, with, with Aquaman, if they're able to make Aquaman look legit, because 
when I was a kid, when I'm reading the comics, Aquaman's here and everything like that, I'm like, I mean, but you can't do anything unless you're in the water. So if the fight doesn't go to the water, you can't summon your, your fish friends to come help you in the middle of the city. So what right. are you good for? Like, you know, you're only there as the Navy. That's pretty much it. If it never comes near you, you're obsolete. Like, right. so, uh, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Uh, to see what they do. Aquaman builds Dragon Sword. Stores him in the ocean. Hey, hey see? <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's like every guy, every person that Aquaman fights, they have to be able to breathe on water. Right. So, you know, he can breathe on land, but it's it's like if you really if you really think about it, most of the fights that happen in the DC universe are on land. So how did Aquaman make sense? Someone thought, yeah, we have to create a guy and see because no one's done it before, but still a terrible character. But hopefully this movie changes that for me. Right. So lots of good movies coming out now and in the near future. Creed 2 is a must-see. Uh, once again, man, I think we killed it. Had a great show. Looking forward to hopefully talking about another uh, Victory Monday next week. Uh, you doing anything fun the rest of this week? No, no, nothing but watching football and, you know, well, I don't think there's any football this week. Are we, are we off? I think, yeah, no, we're we got, off. We got Monday Night Football tonight. No, I was talking about college football. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we're off. Yeah, uh, there ain't This nothing. is the end of, yeah, so... This is going to be an interesting week. I might check out some college basketball games. Uh, interesting enough, they're, they're, it looks like you know there's some kinks with Duke and Kentucky, even though I haven't been watching. I kind of want to see where they're at, what we're looking at. Get a kind of early start on March Madness, but that's pretty much it. Just chilling at home. Yeah, I got uh, we got two practices left before uh, my uh, Special Olympics basketball team kicks off their season on Saturday. So shout out to my guys. Looking forward to another season with you guys. Uh, if you're not doing anything this Saturday, come on out and see us. I know we have games starting, I believe, as early as 9 or 9.30. Uh, we'll have our Division 4 and 5 teams playing before us. And we're our Division 3 team. Uh, we play at the uh, Medina County Achievement Center on Windfall Road, 4691 Windfall Road. Come on out and support these awesome athletes. It's my goal this year to pack our gym as big as we can. We can only fit a couple hundred people mm. in there. Um, it's not Medina's gym or anything like that, but please come out and support them because I do know that they just love looking in the stands and seeing people in there um, cheering them on. Uh, it, it, sometimes that's uh, the biggest thrill that, that they that, that they get, and um, they, they really enjoy it. So come on out uh, and, and, and support a great cause because I know uh, that uh, they'll enjoy seeing everybody. Um, have a great week. We'll see you guys next week. All right, take care.